Welcome to episode 27 of You Are Not A Frog, how to manage our stress and anxiety through the coronavirus crisis. These are really difficult times. The coronavirus crisis has come upon us really quickly and it's hard to know what's going to happen, how we'll all respond and when it's going to end. Now, I often describe doctors as feeling a bit like frogs in boiling water. The pan has been heating up very slowly, but over the last few weeks, boy, has the pan heated up really, really quickly. Now, frogs only have two options, to jump out of the pan or to burn out. I still believe that you are not a frog. Even in these difficult times, you have choices and there are small things you can do to keep yourself mentally healthy, to manage your anxiety and to work in a sustainable and resilient way so that we can be in it for the long haul. I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Morris, GP, Tend Executive Coach and Specialist in Resilience in the Workplace for people in high stress jobs such as doctors. And I'll be talking to friends and colleagues and experts, all who have a helpful take on what's going on and who can share the best resources so that you can look after yourself, make good choices and thrive even through the most challenging of times. I'm going to be sending out a weekly email packed full of resources and articles and useful things that are fully focused on helping you, your colleagues and your families manage this crisis in the best way possible. It'll be sent out to all of my mailing lists and if you'd like to receive it then please sign up for the email list and we will send you a weekly update as well as information about the podcast. You can also download CPD forms to help you reflect on what you've just heard in the podcast to make this as useful for you as possible. This is a very special edition of the podcast. It's a joint podcast recorded with Dr. Caroline Walker, who is the Joyful Doctor and hosts the Joyful Doctor podcast. We've also recorded a video of us doing the podcast, which you can see on YouTube, and I'll put the link in the show notes. If people find it helpful, we'll do several more on a variety of topics. So please, please get in touch and suggest what you'd like to hear about, what you'd like us to research and cover for you. And if you find it helpful, please share widely with your colleagues and anyone in the front line who is also experiencing a great deal of stress and anxiety at the present. Here's the episode. So hi and welcome to a edition of the podcast. It's a very special edition today. It's a, a joint podcast between myself and Caroline. Caroline, do you want to yeah, introduce yourself? Tell us who you are. Yeah. Hi, Rachel. Um, I'm Dr. Caroline Walker. I'm an NHS trained psychiatrist and therapist, and I founded The Joyful Doctor, which is an organisation that's all about helping the well-being and mental health of doctors. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm Rachel Morris. I'm a GP10 executive coach. I've uh, founded an organisation and we run a, a programme called The Shapes Toolkit. We help doctors and other professionals in high stress jobs with resilience and productivity. I'm also a presenter on the Red Whale Lead Manage Thrive course, which is a leadership course for doctors. And I'm also host of the You Are Not A Frog podcast. And Caroline and I were chatting yesterday about actually what is it that we can do to support you guys and support doctors through this really difficult time. And we thought actually probably the best thing we can do is just try and get as much helpful stuff out there as possible try and share everything that we've heard of and lots of little resources that are out there and, and just collate them and present them in a way that's going to be helpful. Is that right, Caroline? Yeah, absolutely. I think like many people out there, we were starting to 
notice that you know the impact that the COVID nineteen pandemic is starting to have on everybody's mental health. Mm-hmm. But in particular, we're seeing a lot of doctors really quite anxious and stressed yeah. and, and struggling a bit at the moment. So we really wanted to reach out and let you know that you're not alone, that we're all in this together, and that there are things that can help you. Yeah, it's interesting because I think it's. Even if you think you're not struggling, I think underlying there's this huge sense of anxiety. I was having coffee with a friend yesterday and she said, she said I thought I was all right about it. But then I woke up at five o'clock this morning and couldn't get back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing a lot of doctors saying about um, having some midnight waking and uh, middle of the night waking and not being able to go back to sleep at the moment. Yeah, I think that we're anxious like many people for ourselves and our loved ones but we're also carrying and picking up on a kind of low level general anxiety that's in the nation and internationally at the moment. Yeah yeah it's tricky. So we were talking earlier about these sort of different stages of anxiety that we go through and also some of the different reasons why might be at the moment. What do you think the stage that we're in at the moment is? Yeah, so I think COVID-19 is going to probably affect human beings on the planet um, in different stages, mentally speaking, psychologically speaking. And I think certainly in the UK at the moment, we're in the very first early stage, which is one primarily of feeling very anxious and quite fearful of you know what's to come. Um, you know, many of us are glued to our phones and the 24-hour news cycle and becoming quite quickly overwhelmed about you know the possibility of what might be to come and what we're about to face so I'd say that certainly in the UK we're in the the first phase which is primarily anxiety based and very much uncertainty as well I guess yeah absolutely absolutely so we're in this kind of strange place between two things where we we really don't know what's going to come but we're also being exposed to news from around the world of what might be about to come so there's that kind of not knowing but also seeing and thinking about perhaps some of the worst case scenarios that might be about to face us. Yeah. yeah. I was chatting with a couple of friends who were GPs last night and one of the things that w- was really troubling them is being asked to work in a way that's completely alien to them. Yeah. So it's not just doing telephone triage and video triage, it's actually not being able to help people in the same way that as doctors we want to be able to do. Have you seen Absolutely. that as well? Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that. So I'm seeing a lot of people in primary care, for example, GPs who are not able to bring patients in that mm. they would normally like to bring in to see them face to face, not doing being able to do home visits, that sort of thing. Yeah. And in the hospitals, you know, we're seeing entire departments and entire specialties completely redesigning the way that they are interacting with their patients. And, you know, rightly so, in order to try and help during this extraordinary time. Um, but it's deeply unsettling, you know, for everybody mm. to be working mm. in those different ways. So I'm interested in, you know, psychologically, what is actually happening to us in this response? So essentially, I mean, the, the lovely thing about human beings is we're really quite predictable. And when we get scared, it's a really common thing to get as a human being is to get scared about something. We tend to experience a few different sort of symptoms and signs in different ways. So some of us will experience it mainly in the physical sense. So we'll get like symptoms of anxiety like racing heartbeats or perhaps shallow breathing or sweating or nausea or feeling of tension, feeling of being on edge. And I'm seeing a lot of doctors at the moment talking about being like busy or just like on edge, just mm. dotting from one thing to the other. So it's slightly more aroused kind of state. Some of us will experience it more in a thinking kind of way so our anxiety is happening kind of more up in our head so we're worrying so we're getting kind of 
worst case scenario thinking ruminating staying stuck on you know trying to problem solve but getting really bogged down in it and we'll also be experiencing emotional side obviously a feeling just feeling anxious feeling you know worried and concerned so yeah we're as human beings I think we're all reacting quite predictably at the moment to what is a really challenging situation and I think it's important that we normalize that that actually I'm feeling a bit nervous and anxious. we all are and I think yeah. that's okay that's normal and we as human beings we're going to get through this together um, and there are little things we can do to help ourselves if things are getting a bit more overwhelming but generally I think most of us are going to feel that low level and we're going to be okay if we can just do a few basic simple things to look after ourselves yeah and we're going to come on with some sort of hints and tips in a minute aren't we yeah just yeah. thinking about you know the the usual stress response where our amygdala is going threat 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 and yeah. I guess the biggest threat is a physical threat and of course we are seeing that aren't we because there is a physical threat albeit actually yeah. for most of us it's pretty low but for yeah. some of us, it isn't. And of course, we've got relatives and things and patients yeah. that we're worried about. So you've got the physical threat. But there's also a lot of other threats going on to us. And I think it's useful yeah. to acknowledge that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, yes, there is the direct threat of, say, catching the virus or being spread amongst our loved ones or affecting those most you know, vulnerable in society. But there's also all those other more subtle threats to you know, our sense of safety in the world, who we are as people, our, our kind of role as doctors, like all of these other things that are going on around that perhaps we're not naming or not thinking about. But yeah, there's a lot of threat kind of in the air at the moment, as well as, yeah, yeah. the physical threat of the virus. Yeah, and we were talking earlier about that there's a model someone's come up with called the, the SCARF model, which is some sort of different threats that humans feel. So as well as a physical threat, you've got the sort of status hierarchy threat I, I, I can't see that many people are feeling that at the moment but definitely certainty so status certainty autonomy I think there's a lot of autonomies is being taken away from us because we're being told what to do which actually most of us are quite grateful for but but still we don't have those choices and the options R stands for relatedness and the sort of safety of our relationships so it's about what people think of you and what the group is like we're having to work very differently in groups at the moment and then f is for fairness so actually you know there is a fairness threat around at the moment isn't it you know lots of people are you know being financially threatened as well which isn't fair and you know so there's all these these different threat levels it's not just a physical thing and like you said I think it's really important to acknowledge that yeah and as doctors we're typically in a position in society where we can actually have a really positive impact on people's lives and try to help people when they're going through all of these different stages of threat. But in a, when a situation like this comes along and everything's kind of thrown up in the air and, and changing every, every five minutes, it feels like, it can get very difficult to feel like you're then as a doctor able to help and support people through these things when you might be facing them yourself, yeah. you know? And I'm seeing there's many doctors out there who are wondering how are they going to what if somebody in their household becomes infected? They have to self-isolate. What if, you know, some that are being um, impacted by patients who are worrying about the virus directly, others where their patients are worrying about the economic impact? It's, yeah, the, the impacts are far-reaching and, and varied, but I think what we can see is that there, it's impacting on everybody. So, again, really important that we remember we're not alone in this. So, Karen, how does just sort of acknowledging it 
that we're all in it together and accepting that it's normal. How can that help us? Well, I suppose I like to think about that child in the playground at school who's being bullied. And I think, you know, when you're the one that feels like you're the only one, everything feels overwhelming and impossible and difficult and worse. And But the moment you can connect with other people who get it, the moment you can be hugged by a friend who says, it's okay, I was bullied once too, or I'm anxious too, you start to feel a sense of human connection that really soothes that anxiety. Thinking about what somebody needs when they're anxious, they need reassurance, they need comfort. They need, and that's something that comes from other people. So we can connect with other people. As doctors, we can connect with each other through this time and say, yeah, I'm struggling too. It's, you're not the only one, we can do this together you're going to be in a much stronger place than if you're just left on your own thinking, ah, how am I going to cope and left trapped in your own head? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I was with a friend at the weekend and she was saying how their surgery has now just produced a WhatsApp group amongst each other. And it's just been so helpful, just A, for communication, but B, just for a a bit of silliness and, and mutual support. It's a very little thing. But actually, that's really easy to do, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think we need to start using our technology for us, Mm. not against us. I'm seeing a lot of doctors who are struggling because they're trapped in the 24-hour news cycle or they're, you know, looking on their smartphones 100 times a day for the latest update. But actually, this amazing technology that we have available to us now, we can use it to help us Mm. rather than to make things worse. So we can use it to connect with each other, to share the lighter side as well as the, the worries And I think it's about that balance and about keeping moderation. Yeah. So I think this is interesting to me, this thing about balance, because yesterday I went onto Facebook into a particular doctor's group and scared myself. Yeah, really. And it put me for about an hour. I just felt awful just reading a couple of the posts there. But then later on, I was looking at Twitter and a, a guy who a doctor who'd had coronavirus actually put out a very helpful post of this is what happened on day one, day two, day three, day four. And I read it and thought, oh, okay, that's, and he, he's now better. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was really helpful. So is it that we, and I'm sure this isn't right, but you can say, is it that we just ignore all the bad stuff and only focus on the positive or, or how do we get that balance? Yeah, I think this speaks to a very fundamental difficulty about being human actually Mm -hmm. is that all of life is some good and some bad isn't it all of life has pain and sorrow and disappointment and sadness and love and joy and and peace and and actually I think we need to hold both um, and a bit of both I think we need to be facing the reality of what's happening and acknowledging that this is a really tough and challenging time but also be acknowledging equally that what we're, we're seeing tremendous human response in really lovely ways, aren't we? Like the altruism out there at the mm-hmm. moment, people setting up, you know, very different groups and things to support their neighbours and their communities. And yeah, I think, how do you find that balance? I think it's a very individual thing. But I say for most human beings, I would say the number one thing to do is to reduce the amount of it overall. Just have a small amount of each. Yeah. Now, for me, I'm trying to dip into the the news about 10 minutes twice a day. I, like most people, I'm getting sucked into it now and again. But I think, you know, trying to use that 24-hour news cycle to our advantage, if you feel like you're getting sucked down that rabbit hole and you're getting more anxious reading the news and looking at those cases, turn it off, step away, ground yourself in your real life for a bit, and then you can always come back to it, right? It's always going to be there. It's not going anywhere. 
Yeah. Going to miss anything. Yeah. So it's about taking that personal. You said uh, you touched on the idea of us losing autonomy, that things mm. are being taken out of our control. Sorry, there's a buzzing in the background. Yes. Just, you know what's pass. just happened? A lorry <laughs> has just pulled up outside my house. <laughs> oh, well, this, is, this is life. Isn't this, it? Is this is real life. This is an life. example of yeah. something, and we'll get them to control in the se- in yeah. second, which, which you can't control. They're building a cycle path in front of my house. I'm like, yeah. are you really going to have a concrete lorry just you as I'm recording the podcast? That. <laughs> but I can't, you can't control, control it. it. Yeah, no. and I think it's accepting that and going, okay. Do you know what? Doesn't matter, right? We can wait a few yeah. seconds. We can laugh it yeah. off, and we can move on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, tell me if the buzzing gets too loud, and then we'll just stop and then start again in a second. But let's let's carry yeah. on for a bit. So, yeah. So I think one thing you can control is exactly what you said: how much news you look at, how much yeah. social media you consume. So there's yeah. things that we need to do. We need to look at the government updates to know what we're doing in clinical practice and to keep ourselves and our families safe. We need to follow policy. And I actually think the um, press conferences are really good that are going on at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a really good example of how they've, they've acknowledged that the nation's feeling pretty unsettled yeah. and unsafe and yeah. they need strong leadership and they need... It's like children in a family. They need their parents to sort of step up and say, it's okay. Yes, something's happening, but it's going to be okay. We're in this together, and here's what we're going to do, and we're just going to take one day at a time. And that one day at a time approach, I think, is so valuable right now. It's something I use a lot in addiction recovery circles uh, to help people to get sober and stay well. And, yeah, just dealing with what we can control right now, today, and trying to let go of what we can't control I think that that is such an important principle. I I know on my training, I would say we need to be more gazelle. So it's this whole principle that when a gazelle is eating grass and a lion comes along, it runs off, doesn't it? And then when the lion is gone, it just goes back to eating grass. It's in the present moment, but we're constantly reliving and pre-living stuff that hasn't happened. And I think this is the difficulty being a human being is that the initial threat of the lion eating you is all well and good. But what happens with humans is when the lion's gone, we keep the threat going by thinking about the threat. So we think about, oh, am I going to catch this? Am I going to have to cipher? How's this going to happen? What's this going to happen? And a certain amount of that is really important and we need to do it. But if we let it get out of control, we can very quickly, like you described yesterday, we can very quickly become really quite unwell, actually, in a short term get very very anxious very worked up and become really ineffective yeah you know and not pay attention to things we need to be doing in our day-to-day lives so I think there are a few ways that we can stop pre-living stuff first Mm -hmm. one is avoid too much overconsumption of social media and panicky stuff how Mm -hmm. can we stop ourselves having these thoughts can we stop the thoughts or it's a great question it's a great question um the short answer is no we Mm. cannot stop ourselves having worrying thoughts we are human beings we absolutely get intrusive worrying negative anxious thoughts all of us do all the time really 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 normal what we can do is learn to look at our relationship with those thoughts so rather than going with them and following them and going off down that little rabbit hole where we just encourage them and look at more social media and look at more and try and plan. Da, 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 da. We go, oh, okay, I'm feeling anxious. I'm having an anxious thought. Yeah. Let me just stop for a minute and maybe distract myself or yeah. you know, do something or think about something deliberately different. Yeah. So, yeah, they're really common, really normal. We're all going to get these anxious yeah. thoughts. So it's not about stopping them. It's mm. about realizing they're coming and they're normal. I think sharing them can be helpful yeah. to some yeah. extent just to normalise that everyone else is getting the same thought. Mm. But not 
oversharing them so not spending your whole day on those whatsapp groups and in the on twitter and with your friends talking over and over and over and over the constant and so a little bit of sharing but not oversharing and then i think there are some techniques you can put in place like Mm -hmm. starting to challenge some of the thoughts so for example if you're getting a worst case scenario thought like to use a personal example my dad's got some underlying health conditions and he's in a high risk age group and and so i'm concerned if he gets ill what will happen And in my mind at that moment, my thought is he's like almost 100% likely to get this. There won't be an IT bed. He'll die. Everything's awful. It's like worst Mm. case. Oh, my God. But if I stop for a moment and just challenge that slightly, I remember that probably 99% or so people are going to get this illness, have it fairly mildly and get better. Yeah. But we are lucky enough to live in a society where if he does get unwell, there will be healthcare professionals Mm. there willing to help him. And actually, more people that get a severe illness survive it than die from it. So I start to see the reality and the real risk rather than the imagined, scary, oh, my God, he's 100% going to get it risk. Yeah. Yeah. So just you can catch those thoughts. You can just start to gently challenge them and say, Mm. "Okay, what's the evidence for that? The evidence is most of us are going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Something I find myself doing is what if I get it what if I'm one of those unlucky people that get it badly what if I die then how are my kids going to cope how will they react what will it be like at my funeral blah and I've suddenly gone down this absolute rabbit hole of yeah 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 and the the key words you use and I think a lot of the nation are having that exact experience and I've certainly had it a few times Mm -hmm. in recent days and again that's really normal yeah but just catching yourself doing it is the first thing because then you have a choice you can either carry on down that rabbit hole yeah. or you can stop. Take mm. a few deep breaths and recenter in your real life and remember that right now you are okay. Mm. You are well. Your loved one is well or they might mm. be unwell but they're okay. You know, just trying to reground in reality a little yeah. bit yeah. in that moment can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, distraction, really yes. powerful technique. Yeah. I think we don't use enough. So just getting busy doing something for two, three yeah. minutes, doesn't matter what, can yeah. be, you know, walking around the house, can be doing a bit of doing the washing up whatever just something just yes. doing something different yeah. shaking yourself out of that yeah habit yeah well going something i thought of because obviously one of the well-being factors and we'll probably do another podcast and it's looking after yourself and well-being but well-being factors is doing something to get into flow so i actually thought when yeah. i start doing this i'm gonna go and play the piano nice because that will nice. get me straight into flow and just stop me thinking about it and you know maybe this is one time i might say get on your phone and play crossy road <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something really really dark so yeah. so what you're saying is we're not trying to suppress or ignore the thoughts no we have it but then we just say actually I'm not yeah. going to pay too much attention to it right now yeah I'm not going to go with it I'm going to just notice mm. they're there and I'm going to choose to think about something else and if the thought comes back you just do the same thing again yeah. you say oh there it is again okay yeah. just I see you I see you there thought mm. <laughs> but it's like yeah we don't want to suppress them because actually that makes them worse yes Yes, it's like try not to think of a pink elephant. You know, everyone thinks of a pink elephant, right? So if we try not to worry, if we try not to have those worrying thoughts, they're going to come back in vengeance and we're going to get more of them. So actually normal to have them. We're all having them. Share them a little bit and then move on. Distract yourself. Think about other things. Maybe challenge them slightly. Yeah. Now, I've just read a really good book, which was recommended by Lee David, who's one of the authors of the mental health course um, for Redwell, which is called The Happiness Trap. 
yeah, um, about yeah. acceptance and commitment therapy. And that has been enormously helpful to me in that it talks about the fact that we fuse with our thoughts. So we're having these thoughts all the yeah. time, but actually we can choose whether we're going to fuse with it and believe it and do it yeah. or not. And it's not whether, is this thought true or not? It's actually, is it helpful to me right at this moment? Yeah, because we can all change our thoughts at any time, right? If I asked you now to think about the last meal you ate, you would start thinking about the last meal you ate. We're all in control it's to, you know, of, of our, where our thinking goes. It might not feel like it sometimes. Mm-hmm. At times like this, and I think that's why we're struggling a bit at the moment and why more people are feeling anxious yeah. is because the level of information that's coming at us is kind of overwhelming our defenses a little bit so Mm. we just need to get back in control of our defenses you know and say actually do you know what I control that I decide how much news I watch I decide how many worrying thoughts I'm going to have in a day you know what something that works for some people is to have designated worry time yes doesn't work for everybody but for some people it's a really great technique so you would literally put aside 15 to 30 minutes in a day that's going to be your worry time and that's when you deliberately sit down and let yourself worry about anything and everything and everything in that time. Outside of that time, when a worry comes into your thoughts, you go, oh, OK, I'll pop that down and I'll worry about it. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, when you get to the worry time, you're like, oh, actually, you're not I don't want to worry about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it can be, can be a helpful technique. I say try it. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. But yeah. And I, I guess it's important to think about those of us that have got a more severe anxiety type problem going on because the things that we're talking about here are for kind of everyday level of worries and anxiety but for some you know anxiety disorders are very 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 common you know probably affecting somewhere in the region of one in four people and for some at this time they're going to be a little bit better actually because we've got something else to think about but for many it's going to make their anxiety levels that little bit higher yeah and if you're a doctor out there that's really really struggling with your anxiety or your starting to notice it's impacting on your day-to-day function then there is help out there for you and we're going to come on to that please yeah support yeah so it's really sort of proactively managing one's anxiety and this is not just for people who suffer with anxiety disorders this is for all of us and I love the worry time we used that with one of my daughters when she was feeling very anxious so we had a worry box she'd write down her worries put the worry and then we'd talk about them later in the evening and for her, whenever she started ruminating through the day, I could just say, put it in the worry box. And yeah. she did. And that was yeah. really helpful. And you can do that. It's another t- way you can use your technology to help you. Yeah. Stick it on your phone, right? Most Ooh. of us carry our smartphones now. We might not carry a notebook and pen like we used to, yeah. but we carry a smartphone. So in your notes section, jot the worry down. Write yeah. it down. Because if you're writing it down, you're getting it out of your head. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, really powerful. I think one thing is, like you said, acknowledge it, but then you can choose to ignore it. So in this happiness trap book, it talks about being very mindful. So almost part of you acting as observer to your thoughts rather than not thinking Mm -hmm. them. And whenever you get a worrying thought or a thought that's not helpful, you sort of go, oh, I'm having the thought rather than saying, I'm thinking this, I'm having the thought that, or I noticed that I'm having the thought that, or if you want to really simplify it, you can just go, oh, thanks mind. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be awful. Oh, Thanks mind. And then just, you know, Parker, I'm choosing at this moment not to fuse with that thought. Thanks, mind. If I think it's a thought worth fusing with, maybe I'll put it in the worry box to to do later. But right this moment, that thought isn't going to serve me very well. Yeah. One of my favourite authors is uh, Brené Brown. I don't know if you've come across her stuff. on. She's a vulnerability and shame researcher from Texas. And brilliant TED Talk. If you haven't Mm. seen that, do go and search that. Um, So Brené 
Brown talks about, oh, I've lost my train of thought there, Ray raving on about how wonderful Brown is. Um, We're talking about just saying thanks, mind, or not having to fuse with the thought, putting it in our worry box, coming back to it later. Yeah, she talks about using a phrase, the story I'm telling myself is. And I find that it's a slightly Mm. funny thing to get your head around, but it's like, yeah, the story I'm telling myself is everyone in my family is going to catch COVID and die from it and there won't be enough IT bears and then I'm going to, my, you know, imagining your children at the funeral like you were saying and it, off it goes. That's the story that we're telling mm. ourselves in our mm. head. That's what it is. It's not the reality yeah. of what's happening right now, you know, which for you and I right now, thankfully, is that we are safe and well. And even if we do, you know, get ill or our loved ones do, they will probably be okay. They will be safe and well. So, yeah. distinguishing between what's reality and what's the stories that we're telling ourselves what's our thinking telling us absolutely and this is a really powerful technique and I I use that phrase in my training the story in my head is when I find myself in that stress response and the amygdala response where I'm in my fight flight or freeze yeah at that point it's the story in my head that's causing that stress response yeah not what's actually happening and I think the difficulty is so a lot of doctors are saying back to me at the moment well but hang on a minute it is happening you know, I'm going to work and I'm seeing patients who are sick or, or loved ones who can't see their relatives who are sick or I'm, I'm in ITU and there's not enough beds or I'm in, you know, mm. we're starting to hear and see all these stories and we're seeing really quite, quite disturbing and stressing stories coming from around the world about what might be to come. And so they're saying, actually, this is happening. So again, it goes back to the idea that, yes, that it's accepting that both are true. Yes. That something really difficult can be going on. But we can also be in control and, and think about how we are, how we are accessing the information, how we are thinking and how yeah. we are approaching it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something in the Happiness Trap book that really helped me as well about this idea of if you fight against your emotions, they just get worse. Yeah. But yeah. if you go, oh, that's interesting. I'm feeling anxious. That is a, a feeling that I'm having because it's really interesting. It talks about the fact that we label emotions as good emotions and bad emotions. So we'd say fear is a really bad emotion. But actually, a lot of us watch scary stuff and horror films to yeah. get scared. So it's not necessarily yeah. about, you know, I'm watching Stranger Things with my son at the moment. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just, yeah. you know. So, almost, so fear is a sort of good thing in that yeah. way. So the more you fight against it, the more it just grows and the more yeah. it overcomes you. Actually, just to stop and think... Oh, that's interesting. Where am I feeling this in the body? Because often it's the yeah. sensations that we feel uncomfortable. We don't like it. Yeah, and then yeah. sort of using some mindfulness, maybe breathing techniques to expand into that emotion, which weirdly takes away its power. Am I talking any sense here, Caroline? You are making perfect sense. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. I right. think all of our emotions are important and valuable and needed. So, and I think one of the emotions, we're talking a lot about fear and anxiety today, but I think one of the other emotions that we often miss is anger. And those two emotions, fear and anger, we often label them as being really bad, really potentially overwhelming, really, we want to get rid of them, right? We don't want to feel them. But actually, they're both incredibly useful, powerful, helpful, normal human emotions. And they actually energize us to do what we need to do, right? So if we were all feeling 100% laid back right now, we wouldn't be putting in the measures and things that we need to be doing to fight this thing, yeah? So it's about going, yeah, actually, anger's my friend, fear is my friend. All of these emotions are good, healthy, normal emotions. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. If we try to deny them or bury them or suppress them or, you know, then they just come back with a vengeance. And so it's about finding healthy ways to do it. 
Yeah, so with anger, you know, instead of like, I don't know, starting a fight with your neighbour and punching them in the face, you know, you might want to punch a cushion in your, in your, you know, or your, your bed or something like that, something that's not going to hurt you in any way. With the anxiety and the fear, you know, channeling it into a more helpful route. So, okay, I'm a bit nervous about my old neighbour. Maybe I'll drop around a note through the post box just to say I'm here if they're self-isolating and I can help them, you know, deliver some shopping or something. So turning that, using that kind of anger for an energy, a positive energy that helps us to get through, you know, what is actually a threatening and challenging time. Yeah, so don't be frightened of those emotions that we're getting. They're normal. Embrace them. Use them. Mindfulness coping. And we haven't yet mentioned mindfulness. I mean, I think, how helpful do you think that is? I think it's incredibly helpful in some circumstances. And I think it's easier said than done in a lot yeah. of a lot of circumstances too. <laughs> um, so I think the, the principle of it's basically what we've been talking about this whole time is actually just being aware of what's happening in the moment and not judging it and just staying present. So and that's mindfulness, right? Yeah. It's just non-judgmentally paying attention to something. So if you're a doctor in a busy A&E shift and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, just stopping for that two or three seconds, taking a breath and going, oh, I feel a bit overwhelmed Mm -hmm. right now. That's mindfulness. And that can be really helpful because if you can stop and go, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, then you have a choice to do something about that. You have a choice whether you just kind of dig in and carry on or whether you go and take a minute you know, you go to the loo or you get a drink or you just sit down for a minute and just gather your thoughts and, you know, regroup. You've got a choice. Yeah. If you can be mindful about what's going on for you moment to moment, I think it's incredibly helpful. I don't think it's the only tool out there and I think we need to be using it as one of many, many different tools yes. you know, meant to help us. Yeah. yeah, and I like the fact you're mentioning this, actual things that we can do at work as well. You know, these basic hygiene factors that... Sometimes we forget about when we're so busy and anxious, taking a break, <laughs> going so to the mental loo. hygiene, mental yeah, hygiene, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we do need to stop and refuel and connecting with people at work even more important now yes, than 100%. it ever wants. You need to maybe start having a five minute huddle at the beginning of the day and a five minute debrief at the end of the day or in the middle of the day as well, you know, yeah. as much as you can, because this yeah. is what's going to keep you yeah. happy. We know safe. from um, looking at supporting people psychologically after big events like natural disasters or terrorist attacks, things where something massive has come along and infected a whole community and impacted in a big way, which is essentially what's happening right now with COVID, the most important thing you can do is to connect with your usual support network. So that's exactly what you're describing. It doesn't have to be big ways. So it could be a little WhatsApp group with your colleagues. It could be a little huddle at the beginning, middle and end of your shift. It could be that extra phone call into your friend or your parent or your loved one. Um, But just staying connected in safe ways, obviously um, following the government guidance around physical contact, but just stay connected. It's the most Mm. powerful thing we can do for ourselves at the moment to get through this. Yeah. Just a little hint, something I never knew. I think I'm a bit technophobic, but last night... I wanted to speak to my wonderful sisters-in-law who are at the front line. And on WhatsApp, you can literally hit the call button, press video call and choose who you want on the call. And then you can all see each other. Like, I don't know how many people you can get on there. And, you know, but there are, if you want something, you know, a bit more tech, you can use yeah. Zoom, which is really good. And I know Microsoft yeah. Teams and Skype. So actually, why aren't we 
I thought to myself, why not do this every week? <laughs> well, I think this is going to be one of the hidden positives yeah. that comes out yeah. of this whole thing, actually, is that we're all going to get a little bit more comfortable and confident using non, you know, face-to-face yes. ways yeah. of t- communicating. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, 100%. And I think it's really important now to put that in more than ever. The happiest doctors I see or the most well doctors, I would say, are the ones that have strong support networks yeah. and regularly, you know, commit to them. And I'm... I do this, I follow this myself. I have absolutely dozens of people around me that I'm connecting to at the moment that are supporting me to to get through the next few months. Absolutely, 100% agree. And also it's different people for different things. So it may be as doctors, what we need to do is have our doctors, you know, don't necessarily rely on people that aren't in the same situation to offer particular types of support but then for other types of support you can so actually yeah just like you I'm a member of about four or five different groups and I use them for different types of support and different types of love and different types of community yeah and different psychological needs yeah there's nothing more powerful than somebody getting what it is that you're going through so we were talking we're both mums and I think you know we're we're about to face the potential school closures and in fact my one of my children is already off school you know so for that I'm trying to connect with other mums right in the similar situation and and yeah whereas with my work in doctors well-being and trying to support the well-being of doctors through this I've gathered a little group of people that are already in that group so that we can support each other and for my family we've got those groups and so on so it's yeah do think more 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 you can't have too much support out there I think yeah yeah so not you cannot get too much support I love that I've been jotting down all these resources so we can put them in the notes afterwards let's move on to yeah, proactively. Well, first of all, what you mentioned, what people can do to get help if they need, if they feel that they've got more severe anxiety. Yeah, well, actually, moment. if I start with, if I start with a sort of lower level of anxiety, yeah, okay. we're all feeling at the moment. So this is particularly for doctors. So if you're kind of just feeling that bit of anxiety and, and increased sort of just what we're all feeling at the moment, the sort of, you know, you're, you're kind of well generally, but you're just feeling it at the moment because of everything that's going on. Then I, we would signpost you to um, the BMA Wellbeing Service. Now, this is for any doctor. You don't have to be a member of the BMA. And they, if you just Google it, BMA Wellbeing, you'll come across, they've got like a 24-7 like counselling support service they can set up uh, that, so you can speak to somebody. They've got a, a range of different support options there. If you're a doctor in England and that is particularly struggling, like say you've got an underlying, you think there's something a bit more severe going on, so you've got a severe anxiety disorder or a depression or you feel you might have PTSD or there's something, it's a bit more severe, so you're, it's interfering with your function, so perhaps you're not feeling that safe at work or it's causing problems at home, then I'd suggest you get in touch with the practitioner health program nhs practitioner health we'll put the links in the bottom of the the podcast for all of these resources they are fantastic service that offer free and confidential mental health advice and support for doctors across england and that's self-referral completely confidential i work with them i do some work with them they're fantastic and you can come and see somebody like me and really get some time and space to think what might be going on and get the extra support and help Mm -hmm. you need around your mental health Mm -hmm. at the moment Um, those are the two big ones i wanted Mm -hmm. to signpost my website, joyfuldoctor.com, has a list of free resources. There's about 40 or 50 resources on there for doctors for the UK and, and internationally, most of which are free. And, yeah, so have a look on there as well. There's lots and lots out there. I'd also say, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to share as well, that if any of you out there are struggling, please just get in touch mm-hmm. with myself 
or Rachel because we want to help and support you and we will, if we can't help you directly we will signpost you and, and get you the support you need um, so yeah please know that there are there are lots of supports out there and there's lots of us out there that are really thinking about you in all of this that are here to try to help you know keep you well mentally through this um, challenging time yeah absolutely and I'd also recommend lots of different books we'll put them in the, yep. the show notes you know there's the one I was talking about the happiness trap about acceptance and commitment therapy which I found really helpful I think the chimp paradox is also very helpful yeah fantastic um, yeah if you're interested in mindfulness the finding peace in a yes. frantic world book yeah. is quite good it's got a cd with it yeah. and there's loads of apps out there as well yeah. like calm and headspace yeah. which can be really helpful and a lot of us have like smartphones and smart watches now that have little breathing bit, bit, them. Yeah. yeah mine's a fitbit yeah and it does like you can watch this circle go in and out and breathe and stuff and it's lovely so just start to use your yeah your technology and your support yeah. networks help yeah. you through this and if th- there's loads of podcasts out there, I think, that are really, really helpful. And I would say just sort of listen to other stuff as well. Don't just yes. don't yeah. just immerse yourself in the whole medical yeah. stuff. Just listen to some inspiring, inspiring yeah. podcasts. And actually, there's a couple of episodes recently I've listened to, which I'll, I'll share in, in the show notes there. So absolutely amazing podcasts out there. Yeah. Yours is brilliant. You are not a frog, Rachel, and mine, The Joyful Doctor. Um, you know, do check those out as yeah. well. So we'll both keep going with those, I think, just to, you know, so that people can listen to other stuff as well. But also, I think we're really keen to keep going with this, perhaps, so that we can yeah. just keep people up to date with our thinking and the useful resources that we've come across. Yeah, so if anybody wants to uh, please like and love and share and, and when you mm. see this and hear this where, on whatever medium you're, you're listening to us or watching us, yeah, and please comment and let us know if you want us to cover particular topics yeah. or to do more of these things or if you've got any ideas you want to, because we really want to try and help um, as many doctors as possible through yeah. The, yeah, the coming time. Yeah, so let us know what you'd like to see, what resources would be helpful, and we will do our best to access those and get you out the links and just share but we'll, we'll try and be a sort of library, a bit of a collator, yeah. collector of the ideas that we can share out to you. So before we finish, Caroline, what are your top three tips? If you said to anyone, if you're going to do three things over the next week, what would they be for people? Top three, limit your exposure to the information flow to, I'd say, under an hour a day, less than that if you can, uh, and balance it, you know, with some good, some bad stuff connect absolutely 100% connect don't do this on your own don't sit there quietly worrying away talk to someone share what you're feeling and thinking get help and support and yeah I guess third one would be to get help lean on your support no it's lean on your support it's okay you can't have enough support great and it might talk- too much support you know that, well, yeah you can't get <laughs> too yeah you can't get enough support there we are yeah yeah you can't have too, too much. much yeah yeah <laughs> my top three very practical tips is firstly self-care do not forget to look after yourself. Get enough exercise. I think my number one tip is exercise, actually. Yeah, great. Because yeah. I think if you're having trouble sleeping, then, you know, just make yourself a bit more knackered. You know, we will all perform better with exercise. So find a way of, even if you're at home, there is self-isolating. Yeah. There are still seven-minute hit apps that you can do and all those sorts of things. You will, you will feel There's better. videos. There's all yeah, sorts of Yeah, loads of stuff. So make sure you look after yourself physically as well as mentally yeah so be proactive I think make yourself a plan about how you're going to manage your anxiety and your emotions so it and set some boundaries so it limit the social media so how much I'm going to watch and when am I going to do that 
So get yourself a little plan. Another quick tip, I think keeping a gratitude journal is phenomenally helpful about every day. What three things are you grateful for? And that will start to sort of, you'll start to look out for those three things to look out for. And I think gratitude is one of the antidotes to anxiety, isn't it? Absolutely. It's almost impossible to feel gratitude and to feel those sort of really... Feel anxious at the same time. Yeah. And and maybe share that, share that with your network. Let's start some gratitude posts or whatever. Ever. And yeah, my third one is just like you, stay connected. So practical things you can do, set up a WhatsApp group if you haven't got one already with as many different people as you can um, who are going to be helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe instigate five-minute team check-ins or if you're not doing it, go around and say, right, we, I'm, I'm calling time. We're having a coffee break, 10 minutes, all of us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and maybe individually, and this is something you, you've done for me, Karen, and I really appreciate it. So how, how are you? How are you feeling today? Not just, oh, how are you? It's how are you yeah. doing today individually yeah. just when you see people? Yeah. And when you get asked that question, answer it honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just say, oh, I'm fine, thanks. I'm OK. Or, I'm just getting my head done. Or, or, you know, yeah. no, actually, just for a moment, allow yourself to tell someone how you're really feeling yeah. and you, it will help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. So we will be back, hopefully. Um, we will. Watch, watch, we this, will. watch this space for more stuff. Please comment, communicate with us about what, what, you'd like, what you'd like to have, what would be helpful. Share your stories and just, yeah, sending so much love out there to all our colleagues. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Please mm. share this far and wide if you think it's going to be helpful for anyone, any doctors you know, any other healthcare professionals. And yeah, please just get in touch if you need. Brilliant. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks, Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please share it with your colleagues, share it with your friends. And I would really, really appreciate a review. I'd love to hear your comments and questions. So either email me or join my Shapes Collective Facebook group where you can post your comments and your suggestions. And I also post loads of useful articles. So I hope you can join me for the next episode.